With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey everyone, Ben Fadden here. Welcome to episode 85 of the Talking Fires podcast. Ben Fadden, again, your host. Don't have anyone with me today, but today we have a fun topic. Uh, again, right now the lockout is going on right now. There isn't a whole lot to talk about uh, because obviously there's no moves that can happen. There's no free agent rumors that can happen because no discussions between players and you know teams representatives of players and then teams those just can't happen right now so a lot you know that there's been news so i I do want to start off with a couple pieces of news Uh, but the main topic we're going to be talking about today uh, is the 2022 hall of fame class ballot and if i was voting who would be on my ballot Uh, but first so to start off with the kind of two little tidbits of news cameron maven former padre retired uh, officially on Monday, January 3rd. Man, he he's someone, it's kind of like, what if, you know, with the Padres? He had two good seasons as, you know, the primary center fielder for the team in 2011 and 2012, I believe. Then 2013, 2014 kind of had some injuries and just didn't play uh, just consistently. And then he was traded to the Braves and that Melvin Upton Jr., uh, and Craig Kimbrell deal right before the 2015 season started, um, along with Carlos Quentin and uh, some other guys. That move obviously didn't really work out. That whole 2015 season, you know, those all those moves didn't really work out. Unfortunately, um, you know, with that whole Rockstar GM thing uh, and Matt Kemp saying that they ended up having a losing record, you know, with Bud Block as the manager. Then they make changes. Andy Green becomes a manager. 
of the team, and then they make more changes. Jace Tingler comes in, and now we're at Bob Melvin. So hopefully, Bob Melvin, uh, that you know, brings new and better results, more winning, having a winning record, making the postseason, going deep into October, and we can kind of forget or at least be happy, more happy about uh, looking back because we know that right now it's it's good. And that's what it and that's what it kind of looks like. So I just did want I did want to touch on Cameron Maven retiring, former Padre, uh, watching some of those highlights, uh, you know, a walk off in particular against the Nationals, against Craig Stammen, uh, current Padre, uh, you know, with Quentin on the team and Yonder Alonso and Kristen Orfia. That definitely gave me some flashbacks there. Uh, so he has some yet. Yeah, there's some highlights available on YouTube uh, that. You know, you can watch uh, another piece of news. Ken Rosenthal uh, leaving or he leaving. He's leaving technically, but MLB Network did not renew his contract. Um, and it was kind of after the New York Post, Andrew Marchand, Marchand uh, he reported it. It was just after news that or it just that Ken Rosenthal criticized uh, Rob Manford during the 2020 season kind of leading up to it about how he handled it all and the owners and how you know they were they were really putting their egos up there and how he was talking about how Rob Manfred was flip-flopping and it's kind of embarrassing an embarrassing look for Manfred and baseball and MLB Network a little bit uh, but more Major League Baseball it's not I don't I wouldn't really put it on MLB Network because MLB Network is Major League Baseball owned but Ken Rosenthal no longer with MLB Network He's obviously like the face of their reporters. You look at trade deadlines and MLB Central and MLB Tonight. He's like that big guy. Um, he Rosenthal will still be a sideline reporter along with Verducci and all that uh, with Fox on all their big games in the postseason. He's still going to write for the Athletic. Um, but it, it's definitely an interesting move and more embarrassing for Major League Baseball that now – Whenever anyone watches MLB Network and someone says a view that supports Major League Baseball, I think people are kind of going to be like, okay, are they really telling the truth or are they just towing, towing the company line? Because Rosenthal, all he did was just, he, all he did, he was just doing his job. And it's unfortunate that, uh, you know, he didn't have his contract renewed. And there was this kind of, I guess, this three month suspension that was being reported. Uh, that happened during the 2020 COVID season that no one really knew about because he wasn't a host of any show. So no one really brought it up about, you know, it wasn't that big of a deal uh, because there were other reporters that, you know, came in and, you know, with John Heyman and Verducci and John Morosi and Joel Sherman that filled in Mark Feinsand does a little bit there uh, that filled in. So it didn't really just wasn't a story, uh, but supposedly he was kind of suspended there. Uh, They brought him back for the trade deadline in 2020 had full coverage, it seemed like, in 2021, and then uh, then leaving the network, uh, his contract obviously running out at the end of 2021. But just because Rosenthal was doing his job and giving his opinion, and not even just his opinion, just stating facts about Manfred and what was going on in those negotiations, he obviously has great sources and is usually right most of the time. Obviously, wasn't right with that whole Scherzer to the Padres thing, and that really pissed off me and a whole lot of Padre fans. And I'll always remember Rosenthal for that, just because I'm a big, huge Padre fan. You know, anyone that knows me is probably I'm probably the biggest Padre fan they know. And I think that that really hurt, 
you know, thinking that we had a Max Scherzer, a Hall of Famer, you know, to kind of turn around the season and all that, get a starting pitcher, which is what the Potters really needed at that point in time. And not only that, he goes to the division rival Dodgers. They obviously make the postseason and good, uh, you know, happy, at least for us, they, they uh, got knocked out by the eventual World Series winning Braves. Uh, but just for Rosenthal, it's unfortunate that he had to not have his contract renewed. He was the big name at MLB Network uh, in terms of, you know, being a reporter and breaking news. I know John Heyman and Jeff Passan have, you know, definitely uh, sprouted up, you know, in terms of uh, reporters, but Rosenthal's still up there. So he's going to still continue reporting and still being on Twitter and all that. But to not have him being on MLB Central and giving his opinion and, analysis of things that he's writing in the athletic and just on video and maybe that's still going to happen uh but it, it will be weird but it's unfortunate that now the mlb network because that's something i watch all the time obviously not as much recently because there's just nothing going on they're just showing old games uh but it's something i watch all the time and now to kind of know that uh it's not really I mean, I kind of believed it a little bit, but now with Rosenthal gone, it's like, okay, now it's just an arm for Major League Baseball, just an extension of Major League Baseball. And maybe some of the people that are giving their opinions, maybe it's not, maybe it's their opinion, but it, they're not fully going all out on their opinion because they know that the league is watching and their job, their contract, just like Rosenthal, might not be renewed if they say something out of line that they don't, that Major League Baseball doesn't like. So, that's the kind of news Maven and Rosenthal. And now just to kind of get to uh, the main reason for this episode, again, episode 85 here, is the Hall of Fame class ballot and who I would pick. Uh, the Hall of Fame class ballot, there's some new ones this year. Ryan Howard, Jimmy Rollins, uh, just to name a couple. Jake Peavy is another guy that's on it. Uh, we will do a whole episode because he's a former Padre and a big chunk of his career was with the Padres, obviously winning a Cy Young with the Padres. He, we will have a full episode, uh, you know, dedicated to PV's Hall of Fame case. That so that'll come out uh, probably later this week or maybe next, depends on the timing. Uh, but just this one, this episode, who, if I had a vote, who I would pick to be uh, a Hall of Famer in this 2022 ballot. Um, this kind of whole thing spurred for me, just you know. Looking at that whole Nick Canepa thing, he writes for the Union Tribune, and uh, he somehow has a vote for the Hall of Fame, which I don't really get. I contacted him, tried to get him on to, you know, kind of give him a chance to fully explain more. He wrote an article, but I know a lot of people don't subscribe to the Tribune, but it was pretty much just him reasoning why he did not vote at all for any Hall of Famers. He had a blank ballot. I think that was the fourth one. Uh, of guys that have sent in their ballot uh, to the Hall of Fame trackers that's on Twitter and all that uh, that you can check out. But he had a blank ballot, didn't vote for anyone. And if you look at the ballot, there seems to me like there's a lot of names that should receive some consideration. And if I had a vote, I would not have a blank ballot. And I think having a blank ballot, you know, I think that just doesn't make sense, especially with the names on this ballot. Um, you know, Canepa's reasoning, uh, you know, was about how there just won't, weren't really many exciting names to him. And he obviously he's not on the whole Barry Bonds train. You know, he doesn't vote for drug users. 
and I'm on that train too, so I, I can be with him on that. Uh, so he doesn't vote for cheaters. Uh, he and he's not voting for DHs. He wants guys that play both sides of the field. As you can see, when I unveil who I would vote for, I'm not on that side either. But or I'm not on I'm not on that side, but I am on the side of not putting in guys that have cheated, or at least that it's easily known that they cheated. Um, but for to not have anyone vote to not have anyone you know on the ballot that just didn't really make sense to me um so that was kind of the reasoning uh why i'm doing this episode and just to give my opinion on who i would vote for it definitely would not be a blank ballot i have three guys i would vote for uh this year on the ballot um barry bonds roger clemens they they are not on it uh just to put that out there um now before I get into who I would vote for, the reason why Bonds, Clemens, Pettit, Andy Pettit, uh, those guys would not be on my ballot, as I mentioned a couple moments ago, I do not, I'm not in favor of people using P PEDs and steroids and when everyone else, especially when I'm, especially as a diehard Padre fan, right? We had, you know, a face of our franchise, Tony Gwynn, the best player ever to wear a Padre uniform. Um, you know, he played the game fair. He worked his butt off. He's the one that whole, that started the whole video thing. You know, looking back, have, he had his wife, Alicia, uh, DVR games, and he went back and watched his at-bats and, and really studied. He was in the cage all the time. So he was he really worked at his craft, right? He was really a guy that put in the work. And I'm not saying Bonds and Mark McGuire and – uh you know, Andy Pettit on the pitching side of things and Roger Clemens didn't put in the work, but Gwynn, Tony Gwynn and Calrican Jr. and all those guys, every all those guys that were clean, they did it clean. They did it using their God-given abilities. They did it while, while putting in the work in the weight room, in the cage. And again, while Bonds and them did it, they got additional assistance that was not God-given, that was not through them lifting weights and putting in the work and they had, they got more help than they should have. And they did it uh, when they should not have. So I'm not in favor of that. You might be in favor of that. There's some people that bring up the argument that Barry Bonds, you know, he was a hall of famer before he even started. And while I understand those viewpoints, I think that is the dumbest thing ever because or dumbest argument you want to make for Bonds uh in clemens because i what i say in, in you know to reply to those arguments is okay then why the heck did he take the steroids then if he already had a hall of fame career if he was already a guy that you know was winning mvps you know back to back years with the pittsburgh pirates and destined for the hall of fame why the heck are you using steroids then dude you know that's just a dumb decision on your part and so you don't deserve to be, have that highest honor and stand on that stage in front of all of those guys that played the game clean and they played the, the game the way it should be played without any additional help, you know? Why? You don't deserve that then. You made the choice and now you're going to have to live with the consequences, you know? You're going to have to live with now people, some people are going to be on your side, but you're going to have to live with people like me not wanting in you in the Hall of Fame and you probably not getting in the Hall of Fame because 
if you haven't voted for Bonds and Clemens yet, and I think they were at like 60%, I think Bonds at uh, last year, you're not getting in. People aren't going to change their mind. It's your 10th and final year on the ballot. And the Veterans Committee, when you get there, they're definitely not going to change it because they're the older folks. They're the ones I'm, I know I'm younger. I'm 18. And but I'm one of the I'm more in the older folk viewpoint in terms of steroids. If you used them, I'm sorry. I know that there's guys people are going to make the argument. There's already guys that use steroids that are in the Hall of Fame. But those aren't as clear and concrete as Barry Bonds and Pettit and Clemens uh, and A-Rod, uh, who's you know, you know first year on the ballot this year. So like A-Rod is another guy that I just that I kind of forgot for some reason. A-Rod definitely not getting my vote. He lied about it multiple times, went on with WFN in New York with Mike Francesa, lied about it, lied about it, continued to lie about it. And, uh, you know, he finally admitted it. Uh, but and he's good for him right now. He's he's, you know, obviously blossoming with the Timberwolves, being part owner there with Mark Laurie. Uh, and he's going to take full ownership of that. Uh, you know, his broadcast work with Fox and ESPN. It's good for him. He's repairing his image, but he's not going to get a Hall of Fame vote for me. Uh, because one, he used steroids and then lied about it and didn't feel sorry about lying about it. And then, you know, he just, I'm not a big fan of liars. So now getting to the guys that I would vote for, um, Kurt Schilling is the first guy. Uh, he got 71.1% of the vote last year after nearly missing out on the Hall of Fame. He announced that he wanted his name removed from the ballot and the Hall of Fame said, no, we can't do that. We're not going to remove it. You can only remove it after uh, like the 10 years or if you don't get voted in a certain threshold, like the first year guys, you're not on the ballot the next year. It has to be like natural. You didn't get the vote. So that's why you're not on the ballot. You can't just remove someone when they when they got more votes or when they earned staying on the ballot, if that makes sense. So. I would vote for Kurt Schilling. It's his final year on the ballot. Um, and I understand, you know, just to start out here before we even talk about his accolades and his accomplishments, people are, I know that some voters, unfortunately, they're not going to look at just his play on the field, which is what it's supposed to be about. Uh, they're going to look at, you know, his political leanings, his post-career opinions about uh, politics and uh, I, I'm not a politics huge politics person so I don't know a whole lot about his views but I know that people don't like his views and he has different views some weird views that people don't stand for so maybe so that's going to influence some people's votes unfortunately that's just going to happen uh, again it's unfortunate but it should not be about that you know as hard it is is as it would be to for some guys or some voters, it's going to be hard for them to just look at it and say, OK, Kurt Schilling's a Hall of Famer. I hate his viewpoints, but that's what it should be. And that's what I would do. Uh, the vote is about their play, not about their uh, opinions. I'll put it that way. In terms of their play on the field, Kurt Schilling is a Hall of Famer, six time All Star, three time World Series champion with three different teams, by the way, uh, a World Series MVP. Obviously, had the great bloody sock game, led the league in innings twice, uh, pitched over 200 innings, nine seasons. So he was healthy. He really it's not like he was 
doing half seasons and all that. He was on the field producing for his team. He placed in the Cy Young voting, uh, top four in the Cy Young voting four times in his career. Bill James has this Hall of Fame standards measurement uh, on a scale from zero to 100 that determines how well a player's stats match up to the typical standards uh, of the Hall of Fame of guys that have gotten into the Hall of Fame. And 50 is the average for a Hall of Famer. Uh, Kurt Schilling is 46, so he's pretty close to a Hall of Fame, uh, typical standards of a Hall of Fame guy pitcher that got in. Um, and so you could take that for whatever that is. I'll mention that for the other guys I think that got in as well, or that should get in as well. But this guy, I mean, he pitched great in the postseason when it mattered most. Uh, part of that Arizona Diamondbacks rotation pitched uh, with the Red Sox, obviously, in that, you know, 2004 run. He performed in big games. He consistently, like I mentioned, with the innings pitched, he was on the field, he was healthy, and he went out there and pitched. It didn't matter if he was pitching through injuries. He wanted to be out there and help his team win. Um, and so for me, I'm big on longevity, right? Not just being great for a short period of time, but for a substantial period of time. And Kurt Schilling fit that bill. He was pretty dang good, his pretty, you know, almost his entire career. Um, again, like I mentioned, six seasons he was an all-star. Three World Series, a World Series MVP, leading the innings, lead, leading the league in innings twice. Just the longevity, being out there every five days for me, that's big. And so Kurt Schilling would get my vote for the Hall of Fame, regardless of his opinions politically, post-career and all that. Uh, the second guy that I would vote for, Todd Helton, Colorado Rockies, first baseman. Uh, Padres saw a whole lot of him. And they were probably happy when he uh, hung him up. Fourth year on the ballot, he would get my vote. He only got 44.9% of the vote last year. Um, I know that whenever it's a Rockies player, it might come up a little bit with Arenado when he retires. Uh, Larry Walker just got in, though, being a Rocky. So there's no excuse. You know, if Larry Walker got in, I think Todd Helton could get in. Larry Walker's probably a better player than Todd Helton was. But I don't think it's a huge gap, to be honest. Um, again, so they're going to talk about that whole course field effect and, oh, he had it easier. He plays half of his seasons, uh, you know, where it's easier to hit home runs and be a better hitter. Look, if he got to the major leagues without playing at course field, OK, half of his, you know, he had great stats throughout his career hitting wise, you know, and all that. And half of his games were not at course field. OK. He still, you still have to be a good major league hitter to hit the ball, you know, and all that. Like, he didn't use steroids like Barry Bonds and A-Rod did, right? He still, you know, he played it through the standards that his physical abilities gave him, you know? Look, this guy's accomplished. Bill James, the Hall of Fame career standards measurement, he was, he's at 59, uh, according to baseball reference. So that's above average. Five-time All-Star. Three-time Gold Glove, so he did it on both sides of the field with the four time four times that he's won Silver Slugger as well. So four Silver Sluggers, three Gold Glove awards, batting title winner in 2000. He hit 372. Some might say Helton never won an MVP, right? That's another thing. In addition to the whole course field, the Rockies thing, the altitude, all that. Some say he never won an MVP. 
But Jim Tomey never won an MVP, and he also got it. Now, I know Jim Tomey, look at his career war and all that. It's a lot better than Todd Hilton. But his longevity, he had better – he was on a better Indians team, that late 90s Indians team that had a lot of good players in where he could drive in more runs than Hilton could, to be honest. Um, so that that is a factor. Jim Tomey, yes, he's probably a better power hitter than Hilton was. Hilton was still a really, really, really good hitter. Um, I I would give him the vote. Now this might be a veterans committee thing. He might not get in through the you know the regular, the known ten year ballot thing. But for me, I think he did it long enough, good enough. Um, I don't ding him too much for being a Rocky. Larry Walker just got in as a Rocky. He would get my vote. Uh, the final guy, David Ortiz. He is on the first year on the ballot. I would put him in. Uh, Nick Canepa, like I mentioned earlier, he didn't like voting for a designated hitter, thought he had to do it on both sides, hitting and fielding. You have to be a complete player, right? Uh, what I would say to that is Ortiz was a complete player with what the Red Sox assigned him to do, with what the Twins in the early part of his career assigned him to do. Um he did play first base a little bit. He played first base in the All-Star game in 2016, which I was at his last All-Star game. He could still play the field when he needed to, but they, the Red Sox had other guys that could play the field. So he, Ortiz, I'm not going to ding him for being a DH. You know, like, I'm just not going to do that. He played the game the way that his team wanted to utilize him. So I'm not going to ding Ortiz for that I'm just not sorry I'm not gonna do that I what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna recognize Big Poppy as one of the greater hitters designated hitters of all time Edgar Martinez got into the Hall of Fame recently he was a designated hitter did anyone have a problem with that some people did but people recognized him as one of the greatest hitters of all time one of the greatest DHs of all time right same thing here goes with Big Poppy I mean Look at these, you know, accolades that he had. A 10-time All-Star, 10. Three-time World Series champion. He broke, helped break the curse, brought so much joy to the city of Boston. Seven Silver Sluggers, a World Series and ALCS MVP. He hit 541 home runs. There aren't many people that go that make it to the big leagues, period, and then go on to hit well over 500 home runs. Six top six MVP finishes as a designated hitter. So that just shows you how great he was offensively. If there's people that still gave him a top six, you know, that voted for him for an MVP, got him into the top six, you know, in individual seasons six times in the top six in MVP, that just shows how good he was as a hitter. If there's people that still want to ding him for not playing both sides of the field, but and he's going up against guys that played both sides of the field, but he still got in the top six in the MVP. He had 10 30-plus home run seasons. I know that the home run, there's you see a lot of guys hitting a bunch of home runs now. Even like the second base position, it's not a, you know, it, it's turned into a power position, right? But when back when Ortiz played the majority of his career, home runs, hitting over 30 home runs a season, that was really impressive. It's still impressive. But, you know, there's more strikeouts now, and you know, you know all that. You don't need me to go through all that. But I think that hitting over 30 home runs for 10 years, that's pretty dang impressive. And I think we just need to 
acknowledge that this guy is one of the greatest designated hitters, greatest hitters of all time, and don't ding him for something that his team did, right? His team is the one that utilized him as a designated hitter. Um, so that's my view on Ortiz's accolades. Now, I know people are going to be like, but Ben, what about the steroid thing in 2003? Uh, I'm going to get to that. He tested positive for PEDs, but for those who don't know, during the anonymous testing in 2003. Uh, it was, I believe it was a New York Times report, okay? Uh, but I'd still allow him in because he never tested positive again in his career. Um, and there were 10 false positives in that 2003 round of tests. According to reports, there were 10 false positives, meaning that there were guys that tested positive for PEDs, but they actually never used them. So, and it's not, it, it hasn't been really been clear. It's not clear that Ortiz used them. And from what Ortiz has said, uh, those that he got tested positive uh, for over-the-counter, uh, what was it, over-the-counter supplements. So, you know, I don't know what, if he did use it, if he didn't. All I know is the tests that were used in 2003, those weren't the most reliable tests. So if he used them, then I will change my thinking. If it's clear, if it comes out somehow that he tested positive again and it's clear that he used it, okay, I'll change my viewpoint. I'll group him in with the Bonds and the A-Rod group and all that. But right now, it's not clear, you know, 100% clear that he used steroids, that he cheated, and that he cheated the game and all that. It's not clear. What I know from what I saw on the field, he's one of the greatest DHs of all time. Um, it's Again, it's not clear that he cheated or use steroids. There were false positives in those tests. Um, now, people want to bring up that those tests shouldn't have come out. I'm not even going to say that and you know or talk about that because, look, it doesn't matter if the tests are supposed to come out or not. If you tested positive and you cheated and it's clear, 100% clear that you cheated, then those tests should come out, to be quite honest, because you're cheating the game. You're cheating the fans. The fans want to come. They don't want to come see while they might like seeing the 50 home runs and the whole Mark McGuire home run chase and all that. They still want to see guys. The reason why they love baseball and they love Major League Baseball is because of the talent of these players. These are talented. These are the best of the best using their God-given athletic abilities, right? And so they don't want to come see guys juiced up, you know, doing that, you know. You can do that elsewhere. Uh, so that's my views on Ortiz, why I would vote for him and not A-Rod and Bonds. Hopefully you understand where I'm coming from from that. Uh, so that, those are my three. Kurt Schilling, Todd Helton, David Ortiz. Uh, again, David Ortiz, I did, I did want to mention this. His Bill James Hall of Fame career standards measure is 55. So that's above average uh, in terms of comparing him to guys that got into the Hall of Fame in their stats. So my three again, Kurt Schilling, six-time All-Star, three-time World Series champ. I have him getting in. It's his final year on the ballot. I'm not, I'm not, again, I'm not predicting that he's going to get in, uh, but I think that he should get in. If I had a ballot, that's who I would pick. If I had a ballot, Todd Helton would get in. If I had a ballot, David Ortiz would get in. Those are the three, Schilling, Helton, Ortiz. 
Uh, I'd say no to Bonds, no to Clemens. Uh, I'd say no to uh, Pettit. I'd say no to A-Rod. Say no to Manny, Manny Ramirez. I think that's another one. So that would be my ballot. Again, give me your thoughts. Who you would put in? Are you in that Bonds group? Are you in favor? Would you? Are you part of those? I had friends in high school that were part of that, uh, who thought I was nuts. That you know, with my argument that if you, if Bonds was already going into the hall, all, going into the Hall of Fame without using steroids, then why the heck did he use them? He just looks stupid for using them. That's on him. He now definitely doesn't deserve to get in. They kind of laughed at me at that. But so what are you? Are you in the bonds, the pro bonds camp, uh, not in bonds camp? Do you agree with me with Schilling, Helton, and Ortiz? Uh, again, Jake Peavy, we will have a full episode dedicated to that. So for all the Peavy fans out there, wait for that. Give us your thoughts on Instagram, Twitter, at Talking Friars, uh, YouTube section, the comment section. I try to get back to everyone who comments on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, wherever. Uh, if you ever have any other ideas uh, let me know again it's a lockout so just trying to come up with some content for you guys create some discussion uh this has been episode 85 of the talking furs podcast i hope you enjoyed it ben fadden here uh, saying so long till next time let's go padres